And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome back to the weekly subscriber-only Power Rankings live room here at The Athletic. It is Tuesday, August 16th, and uh, it's, it's going to be a wild week in the, in, the, in the world of baseball. I've got Zach Meisel here. Uh, he covers the Cleveland Guardians for us, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, first-place Guardians as well as look around the league in the latest Power Rankings. I'll run you down in just a moment. Uh, we had some we had some shuffling this week, but I want to start with uh, so with saying hi to Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing excellent. You'll probably hear a baby crying, a dog barking, um, but those those sounds are only second to the crack of the bat and the smack of the mitt at a baseball stadium. So, I love sounds it. We of were, baseball. We were uh, we were texting before the show, trying to line up a time to to do this, and we're we're trying to. Uh, as we both said, thread the needle a little bit. We're like GMs at the trade deadline, um, trying to find times when <laughs> the babies are asleep. The dog, uh, I gotta say, I threaded it very poorly. Uh, things were not going well before we got uh, we got on the mic. But uh, my wife has put Luke to bed. We're all right here. Um, so we're gonna jump into this in just a minute. If you have not been to one of these before, it's your chance to ask a question live. You can do that in the chat. You can do that by hitting. There's the baby. You can do that by hitting request to speak on your mobile app if you're on the mobile version of The Athletic. And uh, and if you do me a favor, and if you are going to ask a question live, try to be wearing headphones. Otherwise, we get a major echo, and it's, it's a little bit tough uh, on the audio. Um, and we're going to run through the teams, 1 through 30. Let's do that right now, okay? This week in the power rank is we have, we have some change. We have not up top. We have number one, we have the Dodgers. Let's be honest. You knew that was going to happen. Number two, we have the Mets. That's up from four. Uh, and the Astros are at three. They also jumped the Yankees, who dropped to number four. Five is the red-hot Atlanta Braves. Six is the Padres. Seven is the Phillies. Eight, the Cardinals. Nine is the Blue Jays. Ten, the Brewers. Eleven, Mariners holding steady. Twelve, the Guardians, a first-place team, still has to wait in 12th, uh, 12th place in the rankings right now. It's tough, tough break. We're going to talk more about the Guardians in a moment. 13 is the Rays, 14 the Twins, 15 the halfway mark is the surprise Baltimore Orioles, 16 White Sox, 17 Giants, 18 the Red Sox, 19 the Rangers, 20 Arizona Diamondbacks, and we've got a tie at 21, the Marlins and the Angels, who can't seem to get any of that momentum they had in the first, uh, first two months of the season. 23 is the Rockies, 24 the Cubs, 25, the Royals, 26, Reds, 27, Pittsburgh Pirates, 28, Tigers, 29, Athletics, 30, Nationals. I keep seeing the Tigers there at the bottom and just think, weren't they, weren't they supposed to do? I'm supposed to see a whole lot more from them in the uh, this season. It felt like things were, uh, man, trending toward a, a, a more positive season. I was down there at spring training. Things felt lively, felt light. And now I guess the it feels kind of inevitable. Alex Avila got 
canned and they're going to be looking for a new GM. Uh, plenty of that there. Zach, what if, what if, before we get to the Guardians, uh, Tigers, hmm. where are you at on the, these Tigers? You've seen them play a ton this year. So uh, I, the Central is so weird because the Tigers and Royals did the tear it down, long, painful rebuild. And, and we've seen that work for some teams. The Astros did it. The Cubs did it. Um, I think you're seeing sort of the fruits of the labor in Baltimore finally. But it's a reminder that it's not a guarantee to work. <laughs> and, uh, the Tigers looked promising last year. They were a solid team from like mid-May on. They've had a ton of injuries and like major injuries to their young starting pitching. But you look at that lineup and like the lineup that they trotted out there in past years when they were just a doormat in the league's worst division. It looks identical to that. Like they've made no progress on the position player side aside from Riley Green. And uh, part of me thinks, I mean, like I, this is we can tie in Cleveland a little bit here, but like the Guardians never did that. They never tore it down. Yeah. And they've built up this mega farm system, and they have the youngest roster in the league, and they're sitting there in first place. And I, I'm thinking like, you know, when the Tigers fired Alavila last week, my first thought was. Did they just look at what Cleveland's done and say, why couldn't you just do that? You you have twice <laughs> the payroll usually, and you couldn't build a farm system. I mean, I mean they they've had good prospects. It's just they haven't panned out yet. Yeah. And and yet, you know, Cleveland never needed to lose a hundred games for four or five years. So it's yeah, it's I, I still think there's some promise in Detroit. You got to get those guys healthy, and you have to figure out, you know, which starting pitchers are legitimate. Um. Like I almost wonder if they're in a better spot than Kansas City is. Oh yeah. Because we haven't seen any evidence of like an upturn in KC, where Detroit had that last year. But it's it's brutal. This was supposed to be a division that finally like shed the worst division in baseball narrative. Yeah. If not this year, then next year, and that's not happening. Yeah. The um, the the Tigers. I feel like so much of their future is built around that rotation, and and everyone went down this year. But that's not the only thing that went wrong, right? Even if you had an intact rotation. You don't have, uh, I mean, you have the worst offensive baseball, and that's mm-hmm. that's when you're paying, you know, what north of 25 million a year to, to Miggy for one more year, and and you you hand out that huge contract to Tobias, who's not been good. So a whole lot going wrong there. But we're not here to discuss the 28th best team in the majors <laughs> for that long. We want to talk about the Guardians. They sit currently uh, sitting in first place in the division, 62 and 54. Currently two games up on the Twins and the White Sox. They, they overtook the Twins, who I, I felt like were just like sitting there waiting for someone to pass them up. Um, they felt like they didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had to take a bit of a stranglehold in the, in the division. And so here the Guardians sit, and they're a team that in this, this offseason, you know, we, we, we wondered if they were going to sign anybody this offseason. We wondered if they were going to trade away Jose Ramirez. And in the end, what they do is they sign Ramirez long-term. They bring the youngest roster in baseball on board, and they're doing the thing. They're doing it with young guys like Stephen Kwan and, and uh, Andres Jimenez, the, the all-star. Nolan Jones has played a pretty big role. Um, and then, of course, you have Ramirez. You have, like, the low-key uh, breakout of, of Josh Naylor. I don't know if it's a breakout fully, but it's been a little bit hot or cold. But, um, I mean, he's been a force for them at times. And then the, the rotation, the, the rotation that they've, They've traded away and, 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 and gotten rid of some starters along the way, and they still are able to pull together a rotation that looks like this with Bieber and McKenzie and Plisak, Quantrill, and uh, Savale. It's, it's been really impressive. What do you think is the key to, to how they've gotten themselves in first place, Zach? 
<laughs> I think there are like 74 different keys. And if you remove one of them, I don't think they're in this place. I mean, we can go all the way back to early April. And Jose Ramirez basically telling his agent, get Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and Paul Dolan on the phone, get together in one room and get me a new contract because I want to stay here. I don't care what the price tag is. And if that doesn't happen, he's probably playing. I mean, there, there's you, you could we could create the timeline here. He's probably playing in either Toronto or San Diego. Yeah. So if it's San Diego, like they probably don't have Soto right now, and Soto might yeah. be somewhere else. I mean, there's there's a crazy timeline to explore there. Um, sounds like a Stephen Nesbitt article. To be That's honest. right, but, alternate reality, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, you know, that was the key because it established a foundation. They finally had something to build around, and they knew they had this really young team, and it just allowed them to like exhale and say, okay. Let's see which kids we can put around him who can prove that they belong. And, I mean, Andre Semenez started at second base in the All-Star game. Uh, he is, like, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because he was dreadful last season and no one expected this, but, like, he's probably a top seven or eight, maybe nine or ten in the AL MVP balloting. Yep. You know, he's second in batting average. 15 stolen bases, 14 home runs, 19 doubles, gold glove caliber defense at second base. He's done it all. Go look at his numbers with runners in scoring position. It's absolutely bananas. Um, I think his his OPS with like runners in scoring position and two outs is like 1250 or something. Um, so he's had a breakout year. That helps. You mentioned Naylor. He's proven after just a horrific injury ending his season last year. He's proven... He can be a middle-of-the-order type bat, and and they don't have power. But Naylor's got 15 home runs. Jimenez is 14. Like, they have just enough to get by. But the thing that's really fueled this team is they don't strike out. They don't swing yeah, and miss. Nice. They're first in those categories. They're first in contact rate by a mile. So, like, talk to your great-great-grandparents when you see them next and have them remind you what it was like watching baseball in the dead ball era because that's how this team plays. (laughs) They just put balls in play, they run crazy on the base paths, and if they can string hits together and go first to third and score from second on a single, um, beat out double plays, they're second in infield hits, third in stolen bases, you add all that up and it's, it's an offense that is... It's not juggernaut. Like they need upgrades at catcher and um, maybe first base, and they still have to figure out what they're doing long term in center field and right field. But they have the foundation there, and it's working. And more than anything, it's just like appealing to watch. You know, it's not that it's the antithesis to the three true outcome style that has made baseball kind of boring. So they've got the offense. I mean, everybody knows every year they have good pitching and. Uh, it's taken a while for the rotation to sort of find its footing, but they've done that lately. Bullpen's been good. They have one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah. So it's 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 crazy because they've had 14 players make their major league debut this year. And it's the youngest team in baseball by a lot. So you wouldn't anticipate this. It certainly helps that they play in the Central, but it's been a pretty impressive summer. You know, vibes aren't everything, but from afar, it feels like the energy around the team is is good, and that comes with having that effusion of youth, with having 
a 29-year-old Jose Ramirez be like the almost the elder statesman of this team. Um, they've got just a couple of guys in this roster cracking 30 years old. Um, but that's that's what happens when you bring in Stephen Kwan. You bring in uh, the nailer headbutting the the manager Tito Francona. Um, the, like it just like the the energy is is there, and that's what you're gonna need to slog through a division that at times can be a real slog. It's not there's not a team that's gonna end up probably 20 games over 500, right? This is a this is a, a battle to, uh, as I see here in the comments, Thomas L. saying they're in first place because the White Sox haven't played to their potential. That's it. I mean, that's true to a degree. The White Sox certainly haven't. They were almost everyone's pick to win the division, uh, followed by the Twins, I would guess. The, the, the Guardians probably were coming in fourth place on a lot of people's uh, you know, preseason ballots of the uh, or predictions for the, the AL Central. The Tigers had a lot of juice behind them, maybe undeservedly so. Um, but... I mean, it just feels like this team has has the sort of uh, the the good vibes they could ride deep into deep into October. At least uh, may not be a World Series caliber team because the holes you've mentioned, but definitely has the excitement and energy I think to to do a little bit of uh, to be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, there's there's something about a young team maybe not knowing what they're capable of. You know, this this you can ask Terry Francona. It gets asked every year, what do you think of this player? What could he do in, in the future? And he'll always refuse to answer that because they'll say, oh, we don't want to put ceilings on players and, and you never know what they're capable of and let them sort of prove it to you. I think you're seeing that. You know, No one anticipated Andres Jimenez would even be part of the middle infield um, in Cleveland because they have so many well-regarded middle infield prospects. And now he's like maybe the MVP of the team this season. So yeah, uh, it's – yeah, they've, they've – there's something you, you sort of touched on it, but it's like, there's something intangible that you can't quite put your finger on where I don't know if it's because all these guys played together in triple a and double a, and they're all the same age. So maybe they come up to the majors and it's not as daunting because you see familiar faces all around you. And so that's how you've gotten like Oscar Gonzalez, 24 year old rookie, and he's hitting three Oh five in 45 games. So like, I mean, you, you mentioned Quan who's been incredible. Um, and is like the unquestioned leadoff hitter of this team for the foreseeable future. Like, it's rare to get those sorts of contributions up and down the roster from rookies or guys in their second year or third year, but they've found a way to to do that. And I think it it's I mean you that they'll tell you it's not just about 2022, but they feel like they're in a really healthy spot for the future. All right, let's get to some of these uh, questions we have from folks around the leagues. No need to stick to just Guardians. We'll go around the horn here. Uh, if you want to ask a question live, hit request to speak on your mobile app. Do me a favor. Uh, I know we've got Thomas uh, in line here. If you've got a pair of headphones, throw them on. We'll, we'll avoid the echo. I'll go to Thomas in just a moment. Um, so Joseph starts things off in the comment section. He says, I need a percentage on the Mets winning the World Series. And, and my answer is, Anything under 100 is is irresponsible. Uh, these Mets uh, are no doubt. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they may have just lost 13 to one, but uh, you know the the Braves are something different. Okay, uh, you topple the Braves in the midseason, that doesn't matter. You topple the Braves in the playoffs, that's what matters. Hey, look, these the Mets World Series odds. I don't know. They're certainly higher than they 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 were uh, even before the trade deadline. This team has a whole lot going for them. They have starting pitching back. They have. Uh, you've got when you when you have the horses back like Scherzer and Degrom, uh, I'm going to give you pretty decent odds on on making it deep into the postseason as long as one of them doesn't come up with a case of dead arm or uh, has some sort of issue uh, return with shoulder with elbow and 
man, it's a it's a really fun team to watch right now. They've had guys who probably nationally have, have gone under the radar a little bit this season with Nimmo and, and Marte and McNeil's always steady. Um, but uh, it's been a couple additions lately, like Daniel Vogelbach has been low-key huge coming over from the Pirates, and uh, they they were kind of platooning him with with Darren Ruff. I mean, just this without making huge additions at the deadline, I feel like they made really impactful uh, changes to to bolster a lineup because they already had the pieces in rotation. And, you know, with Cookie Carrasco, uh, with, with him getting uh, dinged up here, not really sure the extent of that, they still have options back there in the bullpen. Trevor Williams had a really nice year. Uh, Peterson has been really good for them. And, uh, of course, they're going to be coming back with uh, Tyler McGill as well uh, down the stretch here. So, I I mean, you got to be impressed with where the Mets are, Zach. Yeah, I can we just get the TV – networks to agree that when they're playing in October, they don't cut away when Edwin Diaz enters in the ninth <laughs> inning. Let's go. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's uh, go to Thomas, who's been waiting. Thomas, what is your question? Hi. Uh, I plugged in my headphones just for you. I was wondering, with the amount of money coming into gambling and the NFL's reaction to the Miami Dolphins, do you think the MLB is going to do anything to prevent tanking, quote-unquote? And then also, is Buck Showalter the most underrated manager of all time? <laughs> I love it. First off, with, with Buck, we just had this uh, question last week. I don't know if, if you asked it or uh, or what, but uh, I would say like um, he deserves every bit of the credit he's getting. But I don't think he, I don't think he's underrated. I think he um, uh, I feel like people have given him a constant credit um, for what what the Mets have done this year. And uh, again, I'm not I'm not uh, I don't have any problem with him getting that credit. I just think there there are probably other managers, you know, more overlooked with what they're uh, pulling off with lesser resources, with a lesser roster. Um, Buck has been exactly what the Mets need this year. He's a steady hand at the wheel. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's played this, this hand really perfectly for, um, you can you can't really, uh, you can't really over, uh, overemphasize what, a veteran presence can offer a, a playoff ready team. And we look at what just happened with the Rangers. Maybe that's what they're, what they're looking for. Even if they're not quite playoff ready. Well, um, they've gone through uh, Jeff Bannister. They've gone through Chris Woodward. Maybe they're, I mean, if I had to pick they're they're probably going to someone with a little bit of experience um, for that managerial spot. They don't want to go with another first timer and uh, a veteran with a veteran staff uh, can make a huge difference for a, a club. That's trying to find something, trying to find something in the postseason. um, that they haven't had in, in quite a while. And to the, to the first part of, of that, 
of that question, um, gambling. Uh, yeah. So if you didn't really follow what happened with the with with Miami, um, not the Marlins, the football team, the Dolphins, um, the allegations basically were that the owner was offering bribes. I think it was to uh, in, incentive to to lose games and get a better draft pick. Um, so is Major League Baseball doing something to to stem that? I would say it's a little bit different because baseball, the draft is le- just slightly less of an incentive for teams. It's not like there's one, there's very rarely one guy at the top of the draft that um, that is is you know you want to tank your whole season to get him. Um, and even if the <clears throat> even if there is baseball, I think is going to be trending toward. Um, getting uh, a draft lottery and adding more teams to the lottery. And that's, that's a lot of what was discussed uh, in the, in the, um, in the CBA discussions back this, uh, this winter was how do we get it so that teams aren't just trying to fall out of the playoff race so that they get a chance at the number one pick Um, uh, right now, at least a chance would be better, you know, a percentage chance of getting that pick would be better than just certainly getting it if you're the worst team in the majors. So um, I think that's a, that's a pretty big one. Yes, gambling revenue is coming into every sport. Every sport is beginning to embrace it more and more. Um, we're going to see that in our faces um, all over the place and in ballparks and on apps and on TV. Um, so you're going to see more and more of it. Um, and they're going to they're going to have to make, I think, smaller moves to ensure that, yeah, teams aren't uh, teams aren't t- intentionally trying to lose. But I do think it's a different case here than it would be in basketball or in football. I think the, the, the impact of the top pick is is just a lot different. If you throw a draft lottery in there, I think it helps a lot. Maybe NFL needs to go toward something of a of a lottery system as well. Um, going to the next question, we got Richard has been waiting. Richard, how are you doing? Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, my question is, uh, you know, we already know Walker Bueller is not going to pitch for the Dodgers uh, because he's out for the season. But if we have a if the Dodgers have a healthy Kershaw, and you know, let's say Dustin May is eighty or ninety percent of himself. Who are you going to take in a seven-game series? The Mets that have a better one-two punch pitching, or the Dodgers that have an overall deep pitching staff and a better offense? Who would you take in seven games? Oh, I like that. Okay, this is a good one. Okay, the the Mets they they are going to have the uh, they're going to have the edge in starting pitching. They just are. Even with a healthy Kershaw, I just don't don't know that I would count on. Um, you know, even Gonsolin, Urias, uh, Heaney, or Anderson being better than, you know, uh, Chris Bassett, maybe. Uh, you, you can make an argument, certainly, that Gonsolin this year is is uh, is better, and, and Urias has been really good, too. So uh, it's I would hope this, this series goes seven games, this hypothetical series. Um, I would, oh, man, honestly, I don't know. I don't know which direction I'd go. I don't have a strong feeling, so I'm not saying there's a, sl- strong, uh, a slam dunk answer here. Um, I would probably still lean Dodgers, but maybe this is one where home field advantage dictates uh, dictates some of this. I do think I like, um, I don't know, I like a whole lot of what, what the Mets have done um, uh, in the lineup. I think there are more almost sure things in the Dodgers lineup, uh, but I think the Mets did what they needed to to plug some of the holes in their lineup without going and overpaying for for the best guys on the market, without going and getting... Uh, I mean, even a, a Josh Bell, they didn't go get the best DH first baseman. They they brought in Ruff and uh, Vogelbach for, for, you know, pennies on the dollar, really. So um, the Dodgers rotation, a whole lot is going to depend on, is this a healthy Dustin May? Uh, how much can he add? Is he just in the bullpen? Is sort of a strategic, uh, you know, multi-inning reliever? And what do you get from Kershaw? Because if we're, if we're rolling into the postseason with, 
Urias, Gonsolin, Anderson as the one, two, three. That's a, that's a really different conversation. So, uh, Zach, do you have a you have a team in that hypothetical series between the Mets and Dodgers? No, I I think I lean Mets. I think I think it's important though to remember that, especially in a seven game series, you can get creative. I mean, we a few years ago the Brewers were messing around with openers and whatnot late in the in the NLCS, and it's it's you know it, it's never as simple as okay let's compare the pitching staffs all right this team's you feel better about this team's one two and three starters so that team has a big edge it's just uh, things happen you know maybe someone has a shorter outing and comes back quicker and pitches well on short right like like, things like that Uh, so it's it's always so hard to predict i think the thing that i keep coming back to and i was thinking about it as i was reading through the power rankings yesterday was how confident are you that these will be the teams left standing once we get to the NLCS? Like, like what are the odds that an Atlanta or a San Diego or St. Louis or someone can crash that party? It just seems like these two teams, and Atlanta's really good and they've been really good for a few months now, but I just, is, is there any doubt that these two teams are far and away the, the heavy favorites? I feel like at this point, there still has to be doubt given what the Braves have done. Um, I mean, the Braves are on a, on a tear still, and are they going to be able to catch the Mets? I'm not sure, but they certainly are, are making them sweat. And the Braves, we saw what they did in the second half last year, man. This was a this team was not even in the conversation at the at the All Star break. They just lost Ronald Acuna Jr. and <clears throat> I mean, look what they look at they did. That kind of let, let's dovetail actually that into Austin's question. Austin says, "What do you make of the NL Wild Card race? The Giants seem to be rebounding while the Brewers and Padres are falling a bit, especially after the fallout of Tatis." But does it really matter with the powerhouses of the Dodgers and Mets? So just into what you were, what you're discussing, um, it's an interesting race right now, given that the Padres are holding on to that last wild card spot. I think the the Braves and Phillies are actually pretty well positioned to take that. The the Phillies have come on strongly of late, and um, they, we know they have the lineup, and I think they have just enough in, in the the way of starting pitching and uh, bullpen that I think they're going to be able to, to to snag one of these spots, but. I mean, do we really think the Brewers are going to be left out of this? Uh, we kind of gave up on the Giants, I think. Um, people, you know, after being so surprised by what they did last year, um, they were uh, they, coming up short this year, and it felt like there was no chance they were catching up to the Dodgers, of course, and, and the Padres were adding, adding, adding. Um, and uh, it just felt like this wasn't really the Giants' year. And, and yeah, they're one game over 500. That's not a whole lot to talk about. And um, the next worst, their next best team behind them is, is uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, it's not like there's a whole lot of uh, uh, a whole lot of anybody chasing them at this point, but uh, there's they're still on the outside looking in. But if I were if I were gonna, you know, do a toss up here with the the Padres, Brewers, and Giants, you know, the Giants still have five and a half games to make up there. Um, but boy, the Padres, um, I, I would still put them as the betting favorite to take that because in large part because the Brewers shot themselves in the foot, I think, by getting rid of Josh Hader and. Uh, weakening uh, a real strength there, which is the bullpen that I think in the come the postseason was really going to help them. Um, I mean, it's such a it's such a, a really a weapon for them out of the bullpen is to have Hayter and Williams and and uh, the the rotation they have and uh, to to trade away Hayter and not do it to make your lineup any better. I don't know, man. I didn't I didn't get that I didn't get that move. And so um, I would still say the Padres probably have it but with no Tatis. It's it's I mean. It's still, I think, anyone's game at this point, Zach. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what the new playoff format and the extra wild card in each league kind of does to September races. You know, there's you usually have one or two things that need to be decided in the last couple of weeks. 
and that'll capture your attention. But I think there's just the possibility for a lot more and not even just who's going to get the third wild card or who's going to win the division, but just seeding. You know, you want to be hosting that three game series. You want that first round by. Um, so there's a lot at stake. I think that can help. And I don't know. I mean, I, the, the postseason schedule came out yesterday and it reminded me that we're going to get four series, the wild card weekend. Yep. They'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all like everybody plays every day. That's, that should be fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more, I'm anticipating September and October even more than I usually do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's hit a couple more questions here. We're going to do uh, maybe 10 minutes max here, so we'll get to as many as we can. Andrew asked, do y'all record this as a podcast too? Uh, we do. It, it gets recorded and put on our app every week. It's also, um, if you are on Apple Podcasts, I believe if you're a subscriber of Apple Podcasts, it's there every week. Uh, but hey, look, I, you, you're commenting, so you're a subscriber. So just check out the audio section on our app. Um, and uh, let's keep going here. Um, Alex says the Yankees are flailing hard right now, but they still have the fourth best record. Can't drop them out of the top 10 just yet. He's answering uh, Mac, who said Yankees should be out of the top 10. Hey, I understand the desire to drop the Yankees out of this. Um, they gave themselves such a head start. They're still, what, are we talking like 28 games over 500? But yeah, they, they, they've made a 10-game lead in the, in the division look kind of, kind of weak by comparison to where they were a couple weeks back. Uh, two and eight stretch right now. We'll we'll do that to you. Um, but yeah, they still they should definitely still be in the top ten. But you know, I'm, I certainly feel uh, quite a bit worse about them than than we did a little while back. Uh, let's go to some more questions. We got John P. John, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing? It's been a long time. I I sort of went missing in action the same time the Angels did. Welcome back. Uh, I just wanted to say I just want to thank you so much. I wanted to just say that you know seven out of ten gives a lot of hope for the future considering all of it was done without trout. And I think the move is to build the team around uh, Shohei, do that extension in the off season and trade trout, maybe even trade trout in a package with Rendon and get rid of all that dead weight. Cause they're both going to be injury plagued the rest of their careers. I don't even know if trout even plays out of his contract. They need to get maximum value out of both those guys. And that means they got to go build the team around Shohei. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Cut you off early there. Um, so I can, we got the gist of what you're saying. That's actually very, uh, very interesting based on what, uh, if you're a regular here, John was a regular as well early in the season when the the Angels were red hot. Uh, things of course turned south there. Uh, losing streak. Joe Madden's gone, and uh, and now we're hearing from uh, from our diehard over here that that Mike Trout and Rendon need to be out the door. I mean, hey, I don't know what's going to happen with Mike Trout either. He seems to to suggest it's not as as dire as as was uh, maybe initially. Uh, painted, um, but yeah, it's a. I mean that 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 future you're painting where you build around Shohei, it, it first off demands that Shohei sign an extension. Um, and the comments we heard from him before the trade deadline sounded like, I don't know that he, I don't know that he wants to be part of something where they're about to trade Mike Trout, one of the best players on the planet, right? I don't know that he wants to be in a situation where they say, okay, we, we, we tried this and we got to sort of restart. We got to reboot and do something a little different. We're going to get rid of Trout. We're going to get rid of Rundown and build around you, Shohei. I, I don't think that's what he signed up for in the first place. And I don't know that if he has a chance to hit free agency, he'd pick that over picking something with a little more, more established situation. So I hear what you're saying. And I think the Angels have some interesting uh, pieces on the current roster and, and, and coming up. And they've done so much to try to better their their uh, pitching situation and throughout the minors. Um 
and and that might might work, but I just don't know if Shohei's going to be going to want to sign up to be that centerpiece right now, uh, when he could just make as much money going somewhere else. And if he wants to be on the West Coast, there are certainly other other options. Um, so I don't know that that getting rid of Trout, if you know he has any semblance of of health, is going to work. And um, the other question is like, is is there going to be another team who wants to take Trout if the if the Angels are that concerned about his health? Is there another team that's going to take his contract? I don't, you know, I don't think that. I don't know if that really makes that much sense, but uh, interesting comment. And thanks, you, thank you for for coming back, John. We've missed you around here. Dennis asked, might a Sean Murphy trade still happen this offseason? Totally. I mean, we're having Shea Langoliers come up uh, for the Athletics uh, today, and if he is as good as they they think he will be or, or hope he will be, then um, yeah, they they could have a little bit of uh, redundancy there with uh, with Sean Murphy. The, the, the Athletics are a long way from being a playoff contender, a playoff caliber team. And uh, Sean Murphy is a is is a guy who could, if he hits pretty well, could could fetch quite a bit. And, and there are a lot of teams um, that I think would would uh, would see him as a as a significant upgrade uh, at the catching position, Zach. Yeah, Cleveland pursued him pretty hard yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the trade deadline. But you know, it's it's interesting because. The the Athletics could have traded him, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, and they said, I don't think Cleveland was the only team that inquired about him, but they said, look, we, we've got the guy under control for three and a half seasons. Like We don't have to trade him right now, so you better blow us away. But the thing is, I don't know that those offers are going to get better this offseason because he's got only three years of control and just... I think teams can call their bluff. So I think, yeah. I mean, you're calling up Langoliers now, and it's like, well, we, we know that you don't need Murphy or want him long-term. So uh, it's an interesting chess match going on there. I, I would think he'd certainly be moved this winter. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra-flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Okay, we got three people waiting in the queue. Let's hit them and then we're gonna get out of here. Scott, you're first up. How you doing, Scott? Hey, so 
my question is Mariners related. Um, what do you think the chances are that we break our drought this year? What, 21 years since my youngest daughter was born? And um, what do you think our chances is if we break it in the playoffs? <laughs> Hello to you and your pup. Uh, good question. So the Mariners, uh, I mean, at the trade deadline, they, they decided to say loud and clear, we're, we're going for it. We're going to try to break this drought here. Um, still sitting 12 back in the in the division, of course. The, the Astros are such a such a juggernaut at this point, up to, like you saw, third in the power rankings. Um, and the Mariners sit a half game uh, ahead of the pack for the – for the wild card, I guess if I can do this math, I think they're two games ahead of the Orioles, who are the first team out. So feeling uh, decent there, but it's it's tough, right? There there are some some legit teams. Well, we talked about the NL wild card race being kind of a four team race if if we're counting out the Giants and five. If not, it's much tighter. I think the other way around. Uh, we have the Mariners, Rays, Jays currently in playoff position. The Orioles just out. The Twins and White Sox tied at two games out, and then the Red Sox are five. So there's one more. Um, one or two more teams in there than, than the National League. So I I think I feel good about the Mariners. I, I think you probably feel pretty good about the Mariners, given what Luis Castillo has done since he got over there. I think they made smart moves. I think we've seen um, seen just lately that there's more uh, more out of Jesse Winker's bat than they've been getting the, the first half of the season. Um, this is a team that can hurt you in a number of different ways, and if you have a healthy Julio Rodriguez, if you have a healthy Winker, if you have a healthy rotation, um, this is a team that can be... I think really interesting come the playoffs. I don't think you would look at them and say, yeah, they're, they're a favorite over, you know, head to head against the Yankees uh, or head to head against the Astros. But with the balance, they have a power of speed, you know, with your, your, your Julio, uh, you got Crawford, you got, um, you know, Adam Fraser, the guy I saw play for a long time in Pittsburgh. And, and there's, when he gets right, there's a, is a really interesting player who's going to, he can hit 300 plus and, and uh, get on base a ton for you and, and play good defense. So, um, and Ty France is a guy who's almost criminally underrated at this point in the game. So um, it's a good team. They're not as deep as other teams. They're not as uh, star power driven, maybe. But I think that's starting to change. And I, and I and I feel pretty good about where they are. I would not call them, you know, a favorite. But I think uh, I think they they are in good position right now to break that drought. And that's going to be it's going to be huge. But it's going to require health is the number one thing there. So okay, next one. Let's go to Philip. How you doing, Philip? Hey guys, how good. you doing? Hey, so um, as I'm processing the future of the Dodgers, uh, I'm looking at Cody Bellinger's expiring contract, Max Muncy. I'm even Walker Buehler with this injury. What do you think it's going to do to affect the future with the influx of Miguel Vargas looking ready, James Outman, Ryan Pepia, Bobby Miller? I mean, do we just let these guys go? Do they even have any trade value left? What are your thoughts? Yeah, good question. So these are uh... – it's an interesting situation for for the Dodgers, who we always just count on to 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 be restocking and reloading. But yeah, this is not what I mean. Look at Bellinger in particular. This is not the the sort of the trajectory of his career we expected to see, and we're getting to a point where they have to make some some real decisions, right? Um, I mean, who would have thought three years ago that Cody Bellinger would be in any other uniform but the Dodgers? And now, um, I mean. Can they not find an upgrade from from what he's been giving them the last couple of years? It's it's been interesting, and and you see what they've done in the rotation is, um, is a lot of short contracts, right? Heaney, Anderson, one year deals. You've got um, you've got Kershaw on a one year deal as well. I mean, if he wants to keep playing, you have to imagine it's going to be the Dodgers. But but who knows? I, I think the Dodgers' mo and what they've succeeded so well on is 
talent from within, homegrown talent. And I think they are in a position where I think they're kind of ready to to turn to hand the ball over to that to that youth movement. They've got these pitchers who are ready. Um, you mentioned a, a bunch of them here, and we're uh, we're seeing Dustin May is gonna is gonna be back in just a moment. And if he's healthy, he's certainly gonna headline that. I feel like the next the next uh, Dodger rotation. Um, so I feel like they're in a position where they have enough star power to to lead them through what may be a slightly rocky time for for young players. And rather than giving, um, you know, giving the center field job to Cody Bellinger for the next, you know, five years or whatever you would do with some sort of extension, um, I think the Dodgers are a good enough organization to be able to figure out somebody else who might be worth that uh, and be, you know, a lot more affordable too uh, on a rookie deal. So I don't know, man, the, the, the Dodgers are in an interesting spot with, with some of these contracts, um, but they are built for the long term. They have some decisions to make in free agency coming up after the season, um, but I do think uh, I do think it's time for them to to sort of turn the page a little bit and and uh, hand the ball to some of the some of the youth they have in that position. All right, last one here. Let's go to Christian. I hope I'm saying that right. Christian, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, so I'm an Orioles fan, and um, it's been a fun ride, obviously. And it's it's just like you know it's been up and down and everything, and and I guess like the kind of the general message it seems like from. Um, kind of reporters and everybody is just kind of like, hey, relax, you know, just enjoy the ride for what it is. So that's kind of what I'm going to do. But I kind of want to put the pressure on you guys then. And I want you guys to kind of just stake your claim right now. If um, you what you think is going to be the end of this kind of this Orioles run here, like whatever it is, you know, um, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? You know, do you think they're just going to, you know, just going to be kind of flame out, um, you know, and feel free to be generous with your uh, predictions. <laughs> generous <laughs> thanks christian um man it's only right zach that we end with, with a little bit of bird talk uh the orioles uh man they've been fun they've been uh sort of the story of the middle of the season right if the angels were the story of the first two months i think the the orioles have been the story of the, the next two uh they've got a ton of young talent and despite uh trading away a bit of veteran presence um with uh with lopez the closer with um with uh oh man why am i blanking mancini mancini thank you um the dude um so they are you look at the roster and like they, they they do not stack up right there there are some guys that people around the league would not know their names in this in this lineup but they've they've done it in a bunch of different ways and they've had a rotation that despite being headlined by you know jordan wiles i suppose would be the headliner at this point um they've got it done they've got it done and they they've uh um just been like like leaps and bounds better than where they were a year ago. And so if I'm if I'm uh, you know forced to pick right now, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. But I was also saying that two weeks ago when they're at the trade deadline selling, uh, bringing in you know good prospects, but definitely positioning themselves as sellers, uh, getting rid of some beloved and really good players. Um, and here they are. They're just a, a game and a half out. So I don't think they're going to make it. If they do, it'll be tremendous it means maybe the rays aren't going to make it maybe the jays don't make it or maybe the mariners um but boy they're they're a fun team i think they're not gonna make the playoffs if they do it'll it'll probably be a, a relatively quick run but uh, i would say that if i'm being generous the uh, the heart of the, the baseball nation would be with the orioles they would have they would pick up every single fan that isn't uh, aligned with another playoff team it would be it would be a blast uh it truly would for the baseball world if the orioles made the playoffs but uh but I'm going to say they bow, they bow out and finish, I don't know, you know, 
five, six, seven games out. It's just it's just hard to sustain this in September when every team is is going for it, right? And you have a bunch of division games, and when you're in the AL East, every other team is is gunning for it. So um, they're they're not going to take any games off, and and every every game's high pressure. And when you have a lot of young players and um, players who aren't that established, it's hard to it's hard to keep that up day in and day out. Okay, Zach, you're on the you're on the hot stove. What's uh, what's your call? Yeah, I'm with you. I do think it's important not to discount the experience that really young team can get by just being in those sorts of games, you know, especially in the East, they're, they're going to have, it's, it's none of those teams have a cakewalk to the finish line here. But, you know, when you've got Rutschman playing in games that actually have meaning and you have their young pitchers pitching in games against a lineup like Toronto's and, you know, playoff seating is potentially on the line. Like that's, that's valuable. Even if it doesn't work out, uh, your way. And I think it also just, it helps cultivate kind of a, a more of a winning environment. And then that'll help when they continue to call up all of these well-regarded prospects. All right. That'll do it. We uh, appreciate you all coming to the weekly MLB power rankings live room. We have a good time every week. Um, come back every, every Tuesday, check us out through the rest of the season. And if you have questions, you can always uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at Stephen J Nesbitt. That's Stephen with a PH. I had a, had a, uh, a, a tux fitter this week who who said I can't I don't have anything for Steve I don't have anything he said, I see a Stefan I said I'm Stefan that's me it, it works it's a PH um, and uh, Zach Meisel is our Guardians writer he's on Twitter at Zach Meisel Z A C K M E I S E L and and that'll do it we're gonna get out of here and we're gonna see you next week enjoy this week of baseball it's gonna be fun a bunch of division races the wild card shuffle as it goes uh, and we will see you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.